Welcome to episode 188 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the theme parks in Asia and Disney parks, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, Universal Studios Japan, and other fun travel stuff to Asia. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us up on our website at tdrexplorer.com, also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, all under TDR Explorer. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and I am the one forever going to be visiting theme cafes in Japan. I don't think I'll ever visit them all. There's just too many. <laughs> and joining, as always, is the wonderful, wonderful Patricia. I am the one who has visited way, way too many themed cafes and collaboration cafes this year, last year, I guess now, and I need to cut back. Um, I'm Trish. I take photos. You can find me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter and on Instagram, although I don't post a lot of the themed cafe menus that I go to on there. But yeah, that's what we're talking about today, right? Yep. Theme cafes. Cafe. There are a lot of them here. So many. So many. It's ridiculous. It's never ending. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh my goodness. Okay, so before we start talking about these theme cafes, just want to remind our wonderful explorers, that's you who's listening, about our Patreon where you can support the show because, you know, we do have the bills to pay. So... Any help is greatly appreciated. If you want to help the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash tdrnow. And depending on the level that you pledge, you get certain perks. And one of our popular ones is the $15 level, where every month you get a bonus 30-minute episode of Trish and I. And we talk about kind of seemingly random things. And they're also uncensored. So a little more, I guess, cursing. <laughs> we don't watch what we say as closely as we do on here. <laughs> so if you want to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TDR now. And you'll also get access to all the previous bonus episodes. We have, I think, about two and a half, three years worth of bonus episodes. So you can binge listen to all of those pretty easily. And also, if you're planning a trip to Japan, we also have our premium travel guides for both Tokyo Disney Resort and Universal Studios Japan up on our website at tdrexplorer.com slash travel dash guides. And these are paid guides that have so much information to plan the perfect trip to both those wonderful theme parks in Japan that everyone's talking about. And we know people are going to be talking about Universal Studios Japan even more this year with the opening of Super Nintendo World, which is coming <sighs> summer 2020. So soon. <laughs> I know. Oh I'm so goodness. excited. Of course, with Tokyo Disney Resort, we have the new Fantasyland expansion finally opening on April 15th as well. Oh, even sooner. I know. I'm like bursting with excitement right now. I can't. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so good. 
it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be fantastic and i can't wait i just I can't wait <laughs> so anyway lots of stuff going on in japan this year so if you're planning a trip make sure you go and get those travel guides and of course we also have stuff on our up on our website too everything just consume it all listen to our podcast consume which you are right now <laughs> read our read our guides buy our guides watch our videos we have everything go do it we'll wait here okay great perfect <laughs> all right enough of that so let's talk about the different types of theme cafes let's just i don't know get right into it <laughs> oh my goodness yeah there's so many different types of cafes in in japan like where do we even start trash um, I, I don't even you know, know what let's start with what what people like right anything that you can think of if it's trains or if it's like different ips like frozen or harry potter or star wars or if you like cartoons or if you like video games or comic books or uh, probably sports or um horror like vampires or um fantasy like alice in wonderland you can probably find a cafe for it or if it's not permanent you can probably find a pop-up um, when there's an event happening oh my goodness yeah there's so many different cafes like not just in terms of themes but there's ones that are either permanent or temporary pop-up st stores and some of them are like really pop-up like they're literally like a little uh -huh. kiosk yeah. somewhere or some of them pop up in a mall that looks like it's permanent but it's definitely mm -hmm. not I think a good example is, I think it's in Harajuku where they do the the Disney themed ones where they just keep theming it to the latest Disney yeah. film. Uh, the, yeah, I think the latest one was Frozen mm -hmm. 2, I believe. And then before that was Aladdin because Aladdin came out. And it might have been the location like for the Star Wars one too, no? I think so. Yeah, it's one of those they just keep swapping out the theme. Right. So there's so much turnover with a lot of these cafes. Mm -hmm um of course they're a means to advertise which is fine and sell merchandise yay merchandise, <laughs> merchandise. but yeah uh there's like yeah fantasy ones video games movies even um things like historical type ones i think you mentioned yeah before. there's historical ones like i forgot i think there's one in odaiba which is like a certain um japanese historical period um, you have fantasy historical, like ninjas, ninja cafe. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. And of course you have like the the very famous tourist locations, like the and these are these also tend to be very um foreigner friendly because they really are aimed at tourists like um robot restaurant or the kawaii cafe or made dreaming which is like a very mainstream made cafe um so there's also things that are like very like kitschy touristy as well yeah and then there's also the animal cafes <gasps> oh my gosh too. we totally forgot that <laughs> yeah that's i think that's usually the biggest one that a lot of people ask about is the animal cafes because they're so they're not very kind of sketchy at least in like Western countries, they're not that popular. I know they're starting to pop up in bigger yeah. cities now, but for the most part, animal cafes are just not a thing in the we in Western countries. Yeah. So it's very novel, mm -hmm. right? So of course, there's you know cat cafes, which is kind of the most popular one, and dog cafes, reptile cafes. There's even a there's a pig cafe, a mini pig uh -huh. cafe, which I haven't been to yet. Um, and speaking of uh, the mini pig cafe, this kind of goes to how 
sometimes these cafes, they all do reservations very yeah. differently. And it's confusing. So some cafes, you can just show up. Totally fine. You'll just wait in the queue for 30 minutes to an hour, whatever. It's fine. You don't have to make reservations in advance. Some, it's reservation only. So if you didn't make a reservation four months in advance when they first open, yeah. you're out of luck. And there's some of them where the reservations are not foreigner friendly. They're only in Japanese. Yeah, and they're very like kind of like um, exclusive. Very exclusive. And some... I think I haven't checked lately, but I tried to do the pig cafe and it was more, it was really weird how they did the reservation system. I guess I should, I should look this up ahead of time, but I totally forgot about it. But you had to request a uh -huh. day to go Oh. and then they got back to you on it. Oh, that's so bizarre. It was really weird. It was really bizarre. They may have changed it by now, but... When I tried to do that a while back, it was really weird because I, I wanted to go to Pig Cafe. They're really cute. I wanted to try it. <laughs> but like one that I, an animal cafe that I have done is the the Shiba Inu Cafe in Aww. Harajuku. It's a chain. Um, it was really cute. And for that one, you just showed up at when they, like at 11 or whatever time they yeah. opened at. And they gave you a return time. So some of them do that as well. So it pays to do your research because all the cafes do them right. differently and they're not all the same. Absolutely. So just keep that in mind. And nine times out of 10, just showing up on the day of is mm -hmm. not going to work. So yeah, really do your research. Let's, um, let's talk about permanent location versus temporary location, the pros and cons. Okay. So you've been to quite a few permanent cafes like the Pokemon Cafe and I think you went to the Alice in Wonderland one in Ginza, right? Yeah, I went to that one like right years a long ago. time. That one's been a, a, a long, it's like it's been around forever. I've been to the Vampire mm -hmm. Cafe in Ginza, which was surprisingly good. I thought it was going to be like super kitschy and lame, but it was actually fantastic. So, like when we talk about permanent cafes, it means that they have like a permanent location. And um, usually with these kinds of cafes, because of that permanent location, they can go a little bit a, a little bit further with their theming, um, with the way that the cast is trained, the different servers, um, their menu options, they can do collaborations with other companies within the theme of that cafe. And um, so the quality can be a bit higher for permanent cafes, it can also be easier to book um, because if it's permanent, it probably means they're also receiving um, other um, tourists, whether it's nationally or um, international tourists. So um, those are a really, really great options if you're looking for a theme cafe, I think. Yeah. And also with those, because they are permanent, like you said, they can put more effort into, in, into the theming and also there's a good chance it may be a chain mm -hmm. as well because some of these yeah. are chains, so you'll find them throughout Absolutely. Japan. That's also good too. So then that kind of drives the demand down just a little bit, meaning people aren't going to go into a frenzy yes. booking it because it's always going to be there. That's very true. Whereas the temporary ones, mm -hmm. some of them may only be around for like three weeks. Like I've seen some of them where they're super yeah. limited and they just book up like the moment they go, like the reservations open, it's booked. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. Um, temporary cafes are also a lot of fun. Um, like you said, it's temporary, so it's exciting. Um, it could be uh, to promote um, a commemorative event, like an anniversary of an IP or a new movie or a new television show or some kind of release. 
the draws for these is really focused on like fans and fandom and it has like a really kind of like a community feel a lot of the time however a drawback is that they're not always foreign language friendly um and you might have to go through bigger hassle booking yeah it kind of depends on what is being mm -hmm. promoted so i guess a good example would be the harry potter cafe which was a couple years ago now a year two years yeah. ago and with that it was very foreigner friendly because it's harry potter it's an international brand uh -huh. right so that one was much easier to get into whereas there's ones that are more niche focused meaning usually it's either like a i don't know some sort of boy band group or some sort of anime that's really only popular in japan so with that usually they don't go through the I don't want to say hassle, but they don't go through the effort to make it foreigner language friendly because probably most of the people going aren't going to be or are going to be locals anyway. So it really depends on what I it is. I think it depends on the venue. So like, for example, like Animate Cafe has a lot of international tourism and a lot of local tourism, a lot of local visitors as well. So their menu does tend to be in English and the staff is trained to deal with foreigners. Um, but it's a pretty big venue. Um, like a group like Pasella, which also does Cafe Eorza, which is um, a big draw for many, many tourists. And Cafe Eorza is permanent and they have the language available in multiple languages because it's through the tablet system. But let's say you go to like a show, um, like for something like a TV show or a video game that's at a different venue from like the main permanent venue, in that case, because it's in a smaller hotel, even though it's the same company, it might not be available in other languages. So long story short, it's not consistent. I mean, it depends. <laughs> it just very, it really yeah. depends. Yeah. Location really matters. Like if you're in the city, it's a lot more likely to be friendly towards international tourists. That's very true. So I guess really quickly, um, some examples of permanent locations, kind of stepping yeah. back a little bit. So permanent cafes like Pokemon Cafe, which is very popular, of course, internationally. People love it. And I believe they're opening one or it's already opened. There, there's going to be one in Osaka. That's a permanent cafe before this permanent one opened in Tokyo. The first one, the, fir the world's first Pokemon Cafe that is permanent opened in Tokyo. It's been open for two years now. Close. It's coming on two years. Before that, it was all pop-up ones. It was all to promote the latest movie or the latest Pokemon game. So they're always just you know, temporary, mm -hmm. but now there's a permanent one, which is great. Um, then of course we have the Square Enix Cafe, which recently yes. moved, we found out. East-West Passage. Uh, so it was, it, it's <laughs> it's in Akihabara and it was attached to the building, like it was in the, the Yodabashi yes. camera building, but now it's moved to the, like, what did you call it? The East-West East -West Passage? East-West Passage. So if you go to Google, Google will tell you it's closed, but it is not closed. It has just moved across the street to the station. So it's basically the south, yeah, the south exit of the Akihabara station and you'll just follow the signs, it, you'll find it's it. Like it's like the fine. brand new tunnel, it's called East-West um, Passage. And the, there's also the, the Moomin Cafe, which is permanent as well. Um, and then for like temporary ones, so some of the temporary ones will be like pop-ups in like seemingly random places, but some of them temporary meaning this cafe space 
is permanent, but the theme keeps sure. changing. Sure, yeah, like um, so they keep changing. Tower yeah. Records, for example, has that kind of system. Mm-hmm. Cookpad Studio it has a permanent location, but things will change out. They'll do different events for all kinds of different things, not just uh, themed menus, right? Mm-hmm. The Sky Tree, Tokyo Sky Tree, that and all this. always has something There's going just, on. Yeah. yeah. There's always something with that kind of stuff. Um, and like we mentioned, um, reservations do differ wildly yeah. with all this stuff. So whatever cafe you're looking at, see if they have an English website and go with that. Um, if there isn't an English website, you're going to have to rely on someone who's gone through the experience and has written about it or made a video on it. Or just try and Google Translate the website. Like we said, it really depends on the place. Uh, but like places like the Pokemon Cafe, of course, Pokemon is known worldwide. So they finally, they didn't launch with this, surprisingly enough. But now it's available in English in terms of booking. So it's much easier than it was when it first opened. Yay. It was only in Japanese, which was a pain. So that that one's fine. And yeah, so just double check it. Like and some places will fine. even, like let's say it's a, a very popular IP the first few days might be lottery based. So you would have to enter like a lottery ahead of time to see if you get those dates and then maybe you can get in, maybe you can't, it's by chance, right? So, and that would definitely, when you do do those reservations, you most likely have to bring ID when you're checking in. You should probably always carry ID with you anyway, um, but they will ask for ID for your party. So make sure of that, especially for the names. They'll check the names against the names that it was booked under. Yeah. Well, and if you're, well, anyone in Japan that's foreign, if you're living there or not, you have to be carrying some form of ID. If you're a tourist, you have to have your passport. Like you have to, like there's no way around it. If the police stop you and you don't have your passport, they can arrest right. you. So ha- <laughs> have your passport on you at all times. Make sure that it's booked under yeah. the name of the people that are going is another major thing. Yeah, because they won't just let you, like, oh, the, the names don't match, they, they won't let you in. And then for a lot of these cafes, some of them will have the tablet ordering system, like you mentioned. So um, I see you have written here, Pasella cafes use the tablet ordering mm-hmm. system, which is good because then it's in multiple languages. So usually the, with these kind of cafes, if they they support foreign languages, it, it'll always be English and then usually Chinese mm-hmm. and Mandarin. And then usually Korean after that. So if usually it's the three big languages, like for tourism to Japan. So those are the three that they usually do. I've almost like I've rarely seen other European languages. Like you might see French and Mm, German. Maybe. Might. Like I've seen it like I think once. Yeah. Um, But it's not very common. So English is a English is the big one, like the big European language. Another kind of like interesting thing when you book a reservation is that some companies like let's say Tower Records, for example, was was a company that we had this experience with. And I think, um, no, let's talk about Tower Records first. So Tower Records, when you booked, you booked for the amount of people sitting at the table. And then for that, for that, it was there was like a charge per seat, like I think like a 2000 yen charge. But then you could, and the minimum was for two people. 
So you can book a table for one if you're traveling by yourself, but you would still have to pay the two-person charge. Or if there's only a four-person table available and you really, really want to go, you would have to book that four-person table. If they have some kind of like gift that they're giving out, you would still get four of the gift, even if it's just like two of you or one of you or, or there's like the not a number not matching the reservation, you'll still get any gift that they're giving. And you would get like um, the 2000 yen that you put down per person, you could apply towards the menu that you ordered that day. So it's not like a charge to reserve just the table, you could apply it to what you ordered at the restaurant, which was kind of interesting. Um, then a place like, um, like Cookpad Studio, we tried in Osaka, and when we did that, it was interesting because you actually had to order food in advance before you even went to the cafe. So you could look at the menu and you could order the food in advance. Of course, you could order more things when you went day of um, and you can order drinks day of, but you had to order certain dishes ahead of time to guarantee it. Yeah, because sometimes they only make a limited number of them and they need to know how many right. they're going to make. Another thing is, I see this mostly with the animal cafes. They always have a minimum order. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like you have to order one drink. So everyone that goes, you pay the fee to get in, but then you also have to, you have to order one drink at least. And then of course you can order other stuff if, if, if you so choose afterwards. So yeah, all the rules are very different for all the cafes. Again, do your research, look it up and you'll be fine. And of course, if you mess something up, the person there will explain it to you. It's fine. Don't worry. Probably. <laughs> but let's talk about some of the, Mer like merchandise like what what you can expect for buying goods because i know some like some cafes like the final fantasy cafe in particular i don't know if they changed it with this new location because i haven't been yet but the one they uh -huh. did before they had two they like it was separated into two they had the merchandise area and they had the cafe I think area it's the same okay good so for the merchandise area you didn't have to have a reservation mm -hmm. like you didn't have to eat there to buy the merchandise whereas some cafes you have to have a like you have to be eating there to even buy the merchandise right. So it kind of, again, it goes back to, it really depends on the venue. With like the Pokemon Cafe, you have to have a reservation from my understanding. Because uh. that merchandise is exclusive for that cafe. Yeah. So you have to have a reservation to go in and buy it, which makes sense. And then, yeah, for like other other cafes, some of I know for you, you love the coasters. No, I don't love the coasters. I don't understand the coasters. I thought you did. I, I okay. have accepted the coasters. <laughs> I have accepted them. I, okay. I still don't understand them. I like whenever I write about it, there's a hashtag. Of course, there's coasters. I don't get the coasters. And I don't think I ever will. But it's free. So I'll take it. Now that you mention it, um, every cafe I've been to, <laughs> there's always coasters. Um, like theme cafe, there's always a coaster. So I've been to the Pokemon cafes, there's coasters. Why? I've been to random video game ones, there's coasters. I've been to pop up anime ones, AKB48, there's coasters, there's coasters of the girls. There's yes. coasters. And some of them, and they're not. They're paper. You like, can't use them the as a coaster quality. because you ruin them. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. So most of the time you don't. Most of the time you don't you even never use, use them because I'm like, oh, I kind of want to, I kind of want to keep this one. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they're blind bag, usually. Yeah, the coaster thing, blind bags. It's, it's a very Japanese Freaking blind thing. bags I mean. drive me crazy, you know. <laughs> so yep. let's talk about. Okay. 
That's how they That's get right. you. That's how they get you. Okay, and let's talk about let's talk about pop up events and merch. I don't know about. I think a lo- I think maybe like a lot of international tourists are not too interested in the merch, and they're more interested in like the experience of like the theme dining. Most of the people that book these pop ups know the merch in advance. They have a game plan. Things will sell out maybe even as early as day one. And some venues, if there's blind bag, will allow trading. Some venues will absolutely not allow it. So you need to find out if it's okay at the venue if you're doing blind bag, like if there's trading available or not. And that whole culture is like really, really interesting because people come prepared. They have cases, they have plastic bags to put stuff in, and it's like really, really fascinating. Fandom is a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other series of podcasts. You could, you could do <laughs> like a whole thing about it. Cause like, I mean, fandom anywhere, right? It's kind of like, like super niche and like super intense, intense and, and kind of interesting as like a culture, right? Intense. Oh yeah. Especially in Japan. Like if you think you're intense. No, man. No. <laughs> fans in Japan can be very It's another intense. level and some fans are scary, but there's actually like a really nice. So like if you do go to a, a, like a, a pop-up or a temporary cafe, it's kind of interesting to see the community aspect of it because it's kind of like Disney in a way in that if it's like a particular fandom, it'll be the same people. And even if you're in another part of the country, like I've been to an event in Osaka, a completely different city, hours away from Tokyo on bullet train, and I've run into people that I know at the event and it's kind of freaky it's kind of weird but there's like a big community event around different fandoms and you'll run into the same people Mm -hmm. okay so really quickly before we go patricia name one or two of your favorite cafes that you've been to the some of the cafes that have done it particularly well i find theme parks of course do themed cafes really well, Universal yeah. in particular, especially if you're going to Cool um, Cool Japan. Their menu is pretty high-level um, menus. Um, if you go to a place that's pretty mainstream and they do events fairly regularly, um, the menu will probably be pretty good. Um, like permanent locations, like if you go to Animate Cafe, the menu is fairly good. If you go to like a permanent cafe like done by Pasella, Pasella in particular, I noticed their cafes, the menu is fairly high quality. It's it's like not like, oh, it's themed and the food tastes like garbage. It's actually really, really um, decent. Um, some negative experiences that I've had, uh, Hidakata Park was awful. <laughs> Like, just really awful. Joypolis is pretty mm. awful. Um, so it's hit or miss. Um, if it's and, and Joypolis is kind of like a themed area and it's it's just terrible. Uh I would I would, you know, if you really, really want a theme menu, go and you want decent food, go to a permanent location. Vampire um cafe in Ginza was fantastic. I every time we've been there. 
I need to do we, that. It's really, really great. I was really reluctant and my friend was visiting and she wanted to do a theme cafe and my husband recommended it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, no, try it. And it was really, really lovely and kind of like moody and like the food was, was really fun and delicious. So I really, that's one of my highlights was the Vampire Cafe in Ginza. What about you? What, where, what places do you like? For me, for me... This probably comes at no surprise. The Pokemon Cafe, the oh, of course, one, probably my favorite experience. It was Aww. so good. Like I, I'm a big Pokemon person anyway, so it kind of comes at no surprise. I'm a little biased. I'll admit that completely. And they have atmosphere but too, right? The food was great. Yeah, the food is great. Um, so yeah, I, I know I, we really didn't go too much into the food. We're kind of out of time. Won't go into too much, but the food itself at, at the Pokemon Cafe in particular is really good. Highly themed. It's a little expensive, but you know, you're paying for mm-hmm, the experience. Mm-hmm. The food is great. It's not like world-class food by any stretch of the imagination, but it's good. Fine enough. Like, like That's good right. enough for me. I don't care. And that, yeah, like you said, atmosphere. Pikachu. Like, either Pikachu will come out or Eevee will come out and they do a little dance and everything. And everything is just so well-themed and everything. Like, it's a full experience and it is definitely worth doing. Like, like that's one of my top mm-hmm. ones. Um, in terms of like non-video game ones. Um, the Shiba Inu Cafe in Harajuku. Oh. Um, it's called it's called Mame Shiba. And they, they, they have branches in like Kyoto and Osaka and other places in Japan. I'm a I'm a dog person and I really enjoyed that cafe. It was really fun. And the dogs, from what I can tell, they look like they were treated very well and everything and it was just it was a really good experience and i really really enjoyed it and i would definitely go and do that again for sure without any hesitation whatsoever so yeah there you go theme cafes in japan there's so much more to it much more than we can cover in half an hour but i think i think we did pretty good i think we covered a lot the only thing I think we didn't cover was entertainment, but you you brought it up at the end with Pikachu. Some of these cafes will also have an entertainment aspect, so make sure to research that as well. Yeah, so sometimes you get a bang like bang uh-huh. for your buck. You really do. So check that out. All right, so before we go, we have to thank some wonderful, wonderful explorers who help make the show possible, and they're getting a shout-out at the end of the episode. So if you want a shout-out at the end of the episode, you can head to our Patreon and it's the $5 level or more and you'll get a shout out. So big shout out to Acro Disney Girl, Amanda, Amy B, Amy C, Mama Explorer, Benjamin, Brent M, Carrie, Claire, Claudia, Dave, David, Emily, and Baker. And a big thank you to Jamie, Jose, Kathy, Lee, Marie H, Michael, Murray, Sophie, Spoopy, Thomas, Kay, Alexandra, Lizzie, and of course, Amy and Andy. So big thank you to all those wonderful explorers. You do help keep the show possible. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And again, head on over to patreon.com slash TDR now if you want to help support the show. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have any questions about anything in the show in particular or anything, you know, travel, whatever, send it to us, contact at tdrexplorer.com. And make sure you tell everyone about us so we can help them plan a trip to Asia. And you can find us up on our website at tdrexplorer.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, all those places, all under TDR Explorer. 
I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor for TD Arxmore, and I'm the one that's going to be heading back to the Pokemon Cafe because I miss it. I need to go make a reservation so I can go. And joining, as always, is the wonderful Patricia, who is probably going to be dressing up in vampire makeup to go to the vampire cafe. I have not done that yet, but that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> um, I do, I do. I want to go on a date to the vampire cafe, maybe for our anniversary next month. I don't know. Um, surprisingly, I've not booked for any theme cafes, which is good lately so i should take a break but you guys i hope you keep exploring um tell us about your adventures at themed cafes do you dress up what kind of food do you like do you recommend anything is there anywhere we should avoid uh write to us and let us know and uh don't forget to check out td explorer freaking everywhere okay twitter facebook website you know where to go right explorers until next time <laughs>